Monday night. Blessings in the name of the Lord. I'm excited to be with you again and um, this wonderful time that we can spend with one another. We've got such a wonderful technology. Eh? We can catch up even though um, we're locked away at the moment. But, um, you know, praise be to God, we're content in all things. I remember Paul saying, I'm content in all things, whether I have or I don't have. Um, whether I'm in lack or whether I've got an abundance. We're content because we are all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Um, we can always encourage one another and understand that uh, the Lord is with us. And, you know, although it might be tough times for us now, but there's nothing compared to what other people are going through around the world. And, and uh, we are blessed that we can um, still fellowship and still get around. Um, amazing times. Uh, who would ever thought that we'd end up like this? And um, so, but you got to remember one thing: what the enemy meant for evil, God turns for good. So, whether you're in lockdown or not in lockdown, praise the Lord. You know, I love uh, the title of the message. Going to get straight into it, but um, I want to recap a little bit on last time. But you know, title message is "Pray Without Ceasing," and. Uh, Rabbis touched on on uh, on Thursday, but First Thessalonians chapter five, and because um, we're on this Zoom and we got time to just take things slow and and just just chat with one another, I suppose, or let me do the chatting and and we can talk after, but we can go through this slowly and uh, and just touch on a few things that's on my heart. But First Thessalonians chapter five verse sixteen. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from what is evil. And Paul, this is just a, a, a clip of what he was trying to say in Thessalonians. And, you know, uh, uh, praying, you know, it says rejoice always. And I say again, rejoice. You know, Paul had this uh, ability, whether he was in chains in jail or whether he was getting beaten or whether he was on top of the mountain, he always rejoiced, knowing that the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in him was going to come to some completion. He understood that. His final destination was on this earth. It wasn't whether he had abundance or whether he had lack. He understood enough to know that Christ in him, the hope of glory. And we as believers have to understand that everything in this world is temporal. The Bible says we're just like a vapor. One minute we're here, next minute we're gone. And we need to understand that Christ in us, the hope of glory. And we rejoice in all things, praying without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And when we are rejoicing in all things, and we pray, and we give thanks, the Bible says that this is the will of the Lord. But then the next verse, it says, do not quench the spirit. Quenching something is to shut it down, to choke it, to put it out. Do not despise prophecies. The word prophecy is, is twofold, it's supernatural prophetic words. And also the testimony of Jesus is prophecy. 
in Revelation talks about. So every time we testify about Jesus, we testify, we are prophesying. We're going to test all things and stay away from evil. That little in the nutshell there. I want to touch on this a little bit, how to pray. That might sound silly, but like Rabbis was saying, and he said it a few times, is that we, when we pray, is that because out of necessity, you know, we, something's going down in our life, we need to pray. Or are we praying because we think God's a genie in a bottle? You know, we get a bottle like uh, Aladdin and we rub the bottle and we make three prayers or three wishes and poof, the Holy Spirit shows up and gives us our three wishes. See, prayer isn't about last resort. You know, there's a, there's a saying where prevention's better than a cure. You know, I'm in the building gate, and right at the moment we're doing some work in the city, and I have to give them my SWIMS, which is my safe work method statements. And in those safe work method statements, they're called SWIMS, I have to let them know that um, what am I doing? Uh, what products am I using? Is there anything flammable? Is there anything toxic? Uh, am I using ladders? How high am I going? Do I have my safety harness? Do I have my work boots? Do I have my protective clothing? Can anything be flammable? How many people are working? And I've got all these, these rules and laws that I have to abide by and I have to let them know so in order to prevent an accident. And that's a lot of prayer. Sometimes we pray because we, we, we just pray for the sake of praying or we're in need, we need prayer. But prayer was never meant to be a last resort. Prayer was meant to be a lifestyle. If there's anyone on this earth and just give me a thumbs up if you can hear me okay. If, thank you. If, if there's anything on earth, anyone on, on earth that probably you could say didn't need to pray every day would be Jesus. And yet every day Jesus isolated himself and spent time with the Father. Jesus taught us how to pray. Pray like this, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. And it was an amazing thing when you look at prayer. Prayer in the natural, but we also got prayer in the spirit. Paul said, I'll pray in, in the, my understanding and I'll pray in the spirit. I'll sing in my understanding and I'll sing in the spirit. And Paul was a very unique human being. Paul, um, you could say, oh, I believe Paul and the Apostle John were the two, if... Uh, Two guys in the that had the most revelation of the grace and the love and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ out of all the apostles, and I believe John and Paul stopped us going back under the law. We know that Paul opposed Peter because Peter was playing both sides. He one minute is with the Gentiles, one minute is with the Jews, and Paul opposed him. I said, "You're a hypocrite." One minute you were with the Gentiles, and then when the Jews come in, you pretend you're not you're not sitting with the Gentiles. So Paul had an awesome revelation of, of the grace of God. He also understood the power of God. He understood his presence. He understood the Old Testament. And Paul talked a lot about prayer. And one of the things that Paul talked about, and you've got to understand something. Paul says, I received the gospel from Jesus Christ himself. But Paul wasn't part of the 12 apostles. Paul was a man called out of due season. He got hit off a horse on the way to Damascus. He was going to arrest Christians in Damascus. 
He has an encounter. He goes blind. Uh, Ananias, in, Ananias in, in Damascus lays hands on him. Scales fall off his eyes. He got filled with the Holy Spirit and he became a believer. But Paul understood some things. Paul used to say, I'm a Jew of all Jew. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. And Paul was bragging, not so much bragging about who he was, you have to understand something. Paul was a true Jew. You've got to remember when the temple was destroyed, the second temple was destroyed, a lot of people's paperwork and the Jews were scattered. A lot of people's paperwork were burnt and lost. So when the temple was rebuilt, a lot of people claimed to be from the tribe of Judah. They claimed to be from the tribe of uh, uh, the Levite tribe. They're trying to become part of the priesthood because the priesthood got fed and they got paid. And a lot of people didn't have um, um, paperwork to prove this. Even getting circumcised on the eighth day was a, was a Jewish custom. When the temple wasn't there, people weren't getting circumcised. And Paul was saying, I'm a true Jew. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I've been circumcised on the eighth day. The reason why he said all this, I studied under this guy, under that guy. Why? Because he was legitimate. And yet he said all that. I count that as rubbish. Just the passing knowledge of to know Jesus Christ. And where where you've got to remember, Paul would have been praying in tongues for hours. You have to understand that Paul says in, in the Corinthians, because I pray in tongues more than you all. You have to ask yourself a question. He said, I wish you were praying in tongues with me. I pray in tongues more than you all. Who had the most revelation? Paul. Paul was sent to the backside of the desert. Paul was sent to jail. Paul was sent to Macedonia. Takes two, three years to get there. What did he do? Prayed in the spirit. God would give him revelation because he understood the Old Testament very well. You got to remember, they, these guys would rehearse and read the, the Torah. They read the, 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 five, the first five books of the Bible. They knew it off by heart. It wouldn't be no big deal for them to spend seven, eight, nine hours a day reading the Torah. And yet Paul gets born again. It would be no mean feat for him to pray five, six, seven, ten hours a day in tongues. He was already trained in that area. So now Paul now, instead of reading the Torah and memorizing the Torah by the age of 12, sometimes by the age of five, six, they, they used to memorize the, the first five books of the Torah for the Bible. And it's amazing when Paul got the revelation of tongues and he speaks about praying in tongues and he defines it. And over the next couple of weeks, I want to get rid of some of the myths about praying in tongues. And there's a diversity of tongues. There's different types of tongues. But tonight I want to share about praying without ceasing. But I want to share it from the perspective of, I, sh I touched on it last week, the benefits of praying in tongues. You know, Romans chapter 8. This is something I, 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 the Lord showed me today. Romans chapter 8, and we can read it from verse 1 to 3. And it says here, So therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who, not, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that is, was the weak f through the flesh, God did sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. 
let's re recap this. There's a law. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Not talking about the Ten Commandments as a law. What is a law? A law is uh, a procedure, fundamental procedures. For example, we've got the law of the land. We've got the Ten Commandments, which is a law. We've got laws in, in sports. They're all a bunch of rules and regulations to keep up, to do a procedure, to keep an order. And nothing changes. There's the law of faith. There's the law of hope. Uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, and you, you look at Genesis, it says God made this and it was good. Made the heavens and earth, it was good. Then God created the animals and the man and the sea and the sun and the moon. It was good, it was good, it was good. And the minute everything was created, God rested. And then the next verse says, the Lord died. So all of a sudden, he went from God to the Lord died. Now, in the English, it doesn't mean too much, but in the Hebrew, it's gone from Elohim to Yahweh, which is the governmental part of God, the fundamental laws of God. Seed time, harvest time, sowing, reaping, gravity. The, the, gravity is a law, all right? Aerodynamics is a law. See, gravity is what goes up must come down. True? We learned that at science at school. But there's another law that supersedes gravity, which is called aerodynamics. And when a plane flies in the sky, it's it's a higher law than aerodynamics. Uh, sorry, the aerodynamics is able to conquer the law of gravity. But if the aerodynamics, if a plane flies through the sky and it loses its pilot, it loses its fuel, it loses its wings, guess what happens? Aerodynamics law gets superseded by the law of gravity and that plane's coming down. And here he's talking about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. See, that law of sin and death was created by Adam. What I mean by created by Adam, it was already on the earth, the, 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 the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Soon as Adam ate from the tree, he knew he was naked. And he tried to hide from God and he tried to cover himself. The Bible says he actually put the fig leaves on himself, which means he put an armor for protection because he thought, I need to be protected now. And yet God says, What have you done? The law of sin and death entered that day. But when Jesus came as a sinful man, what I said, in the flesh of a sinful man, he who knew no sin became sin, and he superseded the law of sin and death and gave us the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That in itself is enough to rejoice. So when I come out of the flesh realm and the soul realm, I'm trying to understand God. Who can this finite, this, this mind of mind, limited mind, understand an infinite God? No one. But by the spirit of God in us, I want to go back one step as I did last week. Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. And it's an amazing thing. I shared this last week. In my inner man, God looks at it as like a candle, but it's been put out because I have the nature of Adam. The life of God is still in me, but it's corrupted. When I got born again, 
The spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord. The Lord lit my candle again. It's a practical analogy. But what does a candle do? Lights up. Now, a candle in a lighted room has no effect. When you put it in a dark room, it has an effect. And I love what the Lord says. It is the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So my human spirit is a part of me. The part of me, my human spirit, is created in God's image. That's why I needed to be born again. That's why I needed to have the image of Christ on the inside of me. See, I had a corrupted spirit. It was the life of God through the breath of God in Adam, but it went out. It was corrupted. And through man, from, from that time up to Jesus, man has been striving. But when Jesus came, he says, I'll put a new spirit in your heart. I would take the heart of stone, put a heart of flesh. And when we got born again, guess what? My image changed from the inside. I went back to my original place. So if my spirit is recreated or regenerated in the image of God already, that means that the Holy Spirit illuminates my spirit. Now he searches the innermost parts of my belly or in my heart. Look at this. When fear hits you, where does it hit you? In your belly. When you get gripped by fear or trauma, belly. When you get bad news, you get shocked, belly. Why? It's not about your natural belly, but it's about the core of your being. And when the light gets lit up, the first thing the Holy Spirit does is light up your candle, and then he starts to search your heart. And it's an amazing thing. When I, when, I, when I let the Holy Spirit illuminate me and I co-labor with him, that's the very place he gives me revelation knowledge. The same place where fear can hit me is the same place where God can speak to me. The Bible says, out of rivers of living water will flow from where? The belly. It's like a fountain. Hallelujah. And Romans says, Romans 8.27 says, now he searches the heart and knows the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When I pray in tongues, guys, now we're talking about praying without ceasing. When I pray in tongues, it's by faith. My mind is not fruitful, yeah? If I pray in tongues, and I've heard every theory, I've been saved 19 years, been in church ever since. A lot of people spoke to me, and, and I had a lot of questions about this. How easy is it for us to try and manipulate God? If I put a prayer request out in the natural, and we should pray in the natural, and I pray out of my emotion, out of my soul. Remember the Lord showed me many years ago, I was praying out of my soul because I was emotionally bound, had a lot of things going on in my world. And guess what the Lord said to me? I can't answer a prayer from the soul because it's not a prayer of faith. I, I only answer prayers of faith. And it hit me for six because I was praying out of an emotional brokenness. And yes, our emotions are a part of who we are. But if I was to go to God in my emotions and in my flesh, and I think back now, prayer life that I had, I love God. I wanted to serve him, but I was just broken. I had a lot of, I had a lot of issues going on. But you know what? It wasn't that God was ignoring my prayer. But God wouldn't answer a prayer that's not of faith. But when I realized that when he spoke that into my heart, I stopped praying 
out of the flesh. You know what I did? I started praying more in the spirit. And out of the spirit came prayers of faith. Why? I would speak prayers of faith now. I wouldn't ask God for things. I'd say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, I've got a situation. What do I do? I was telling God what to do. Lord, help me here. Give me this. Do that for me. Stop him. Kill that bloke. Lift <laughs> all these prayers. And God said something to me that I'll never forget. Uh, sorry, a brother said it to me, I'll never forget. But I remember the Lord agreeing. So you're in a desert. No one's coming. Start walking. You know, faith without works is dead. And when I started to say, you know what? I started to pray in the spirit. And there's times in the spirit where you think, okay, where's my answer? Where are the lightning bolts? Where are the angels singing? Where's the the steam, the red sea being parted? Where's the the where's the matter for listen? It's by faith. And when I pray by faith, oh, someone's on. When I pray by faith and I understand why I pray, I pray in my understanding, I rejoice. If anyone hears me pray, I always thank you for what he did at the cross, always. I go to my father first, say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm not trying to teach you a formula, but I'm teaching a practical way. I get before the father. I wake up in the morning, I've got many things going on in my head. And the first thing I get up in the morning, I say, thank you, Father. Thank you for the strength you have empowered me i get out of bed and i get, and I, I rejoice why that he has saved me and set me free hallelujah i always give thanks i always declare what he has already done for me not what he what i want him to do for me then i pray in the spirit and can i say this can i encourage you everyone out there don't ever feel condemned that you don't spend one hour two hours five hours five minutes start see if you never plan, you'll fail. People, most people uh, plan to, no one plans to fail, do they? But if I don't put a plan in, I will fail. You know, we can sit down and watch a boring movie for four hours. We can go and visit people that we don't want to visit because it's tradition. Or we have to go to someone's wedding. Or have to go to someone's funeral. We do that, but when it comes to spend time with the Lord, we, uh, we sort of make an excuse. You know, praying in tongues is one of the greatest gifts God gave the body of Christ. Why? Because my mind is not fruitful. I could be driving my car to work and I open my mouth, I'm uttering mysteries in the spirit. I could be sitting down in a, uttering mysteries at work. What am I doing? I'm allowing the Holy Ghost. See, the minute I open my mouth and I let it come out of my mouth, I'm in the spirit straight away. I love this. He who prays in tongues do not speak to man, but he speaks to God. I shared this last week. But uh, I didn't know if she... 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And the whole Corinthians, we can go through it all day. But 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm just going there now. It says this. For if I pray in tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. See, we, we are a bunch of control freaks. We always want to know what's going on. And we need to know. 
See, are you willing to pray not knowing the result? Are you willing to pray not knowing what God's going to ask of you? Are you willing to pray just because God said pray? See, a lot of people don't want to pray because they're scared. Scared of a prayer not getting answered or lazy or whatever the case may be. But in order for me to pray, see, Jesus prayed. See, our prayer life has to be our lifestyle. And we can start with five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. But I guarantee you, if you put it into practice, you'll start to grow in the things of God. You'll be praying. You know, I had a mentor many years ago, and I was blown away about in every situation she had this peace, whether she had abundance or lack, whether she was diagnosed with terminally ill disease or whether her husband left her or whether she had no money or whether she was on top of the world. She would go through it like, you know, emotions like all of us, but she was always at peace. And I thought to myself, wow, man, like how? How? You're not scared of losing. You're not scared of dying. You're not scared of losing your kids. Like how? You know what I understood from that, from her? You know, it's not even about the abundance of scripture she knew or he knew. But I would say in my life, I've probably done more externally than this person. But I understood one thing she had. She had a prayer life. And her prayer life was her intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So no matter no matter what come her way, guys, listen to me. She would she knew how to wait on the Lord. And we are a generation that doesn't know how to wait. We are the two-minute noodle Christians. You know, even two-minute noodles take too long. We are the F45 trainers. We want to go to a gym for 45 minutes to get out of there. I want to start a gym F5. You come in, you warm up, you go home. My type of gym. Uh, I'll, I'll make a fortune, I reckon. Nobody will lose weight, but I'll tell you what, you'll come in <laughs> anyway. We can't even preach a sermon more than 20 minutes because people switch off. We live in a generation that's got a low attention span. But I think it's got more to do with we've never had to wait on God. Even if you look back, anyone who's a bit older than me, you know, we're looking for the next best phone and the next best outfit and the next next best. But in the old days, that, that sort of thing, someone bought a brand new car, they had it for 20 years. You go even further back, people knew how to wait on God. Why? Because they never got things as readily as we have. And yet we're a generation that wants it tomorrow. We're not willing to pay a price. We're not willing to submit. We're not willing to spend time with the Lord. We're not willing to wait on God. You know, when, uh, and I don't, I don't say this to condemn anyone, but you go to these missionaries, they tell you about so many healings in the mission field. Because if they got sick, they die. If we get sick and we pray, we still got hospitals, we still got doctors, we've got someone that can help us. It's not life and death for us. But when someone's got nothing else, they have faith. And we are so blessed in this nation. But we've got to remember that we're coming to a time now that we can't trust anyone. We have to trust the Lordship of Jesus. And there's a lot of decisions that we've got to make very soon. But as we spend time in the Holy Ghost, 
and we pray in tongues and we open up our mouths and we shandar What am I doing? I'm uttering mysteries in the heavenlies. I'm allowing my flesh to be shut down, my soul. So the whole What am I doing? I'm letting the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit's forming the words, putting them in my spirit, and I'm letting them out of my gate of my mouth. What am I doing? I'm not fighting demons. My personal edification is happening. I'm praying. I'm not praying for an unbeliever. I'm not interceding for no world. And these are all the stuff I'll I'll address going forward. But the only gift of, in the spirit that we can turn on and off when we want is praying in the spirit. You know that praying, every gift in the Bible was there in the Old Testament. Prophecy, raising of the dead, miracles, signs and wonders, all that was in the Old Testament. The only two gifts that weren't in the Old Testament were tongues and interpretation of tongues. That was after the cross. It's the most attacked gift in the body of Christ because the devil's tried to delude it, tried to dis, uh, uh, dis, discredit it. But can I say this, this to you? Every other gift can be manipulated, but the gift of speaking in tongues cannot because you have nothing to do with it. You are just co-laboring with the Holy Spirit. And I can encourage you, when the Holy Spirit starts to work on you, the first thing you do is you shine the torch in the areas of the innermost parts of your belly or the things of your heart. You know, the more I pray in tongues, Paul said it this way, I pray in tongues more than you all. We have to just that, just that comment alone, we have to ask ourselves a question. Look what Paul did. Paul was uncontrollable. The devil sent messages of Satan against him. Like we're talking about principalities that would rule nations with attacking one man, Paul, because he was that dead and uncontrollable. Why? Because of his revelation. Because of the revelation that God gave him. Because that was him spending time in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You know, the Holy Spirit, when I, when I pray in tongues, you have to understand something. It's got to be a lifestyle. Fasting, it's got to be a lifestyle. can't be an event. has to be a part of your lifestyle. See, if I maintain my lifestyle in the things of God, he's doing a work on the inside of my heart and inside of my mind. People say to me, I understand the word of God. Start praying in the spirit. Why? He becomes your teacher. He becomes the one that illuminates your mind, illuminates your heart, illuminates your spirit. You know, the first thing the enemy does when you're praying tongues, or the flesh wants to do, is oppose it. I'll tell you a couple of stories, and, I'll, and I'm not sharing this out of theory. I've been doing this for 19 years. And can I say this? When you make a decision to start praying, your flesh is not going to like it. Things are going to come up on the inside of you that are ugly. Uh, I had a brother in the Lord many years ago. He came out of a uh, let's say a, a depraved lifestyle, very bad. And as I was with him and ministering with him and um, shared this same revelation with you, anyway, he rang me up one day and said, I'm not doing this anymore. The devil's trying to attack me and uh, all these thoughts and theories and feelings and uh, all these emotions started coming back up. I'm not doing it anymore. I don't need to go back to that lifestyle because that's what's happening to me. 
I said, brother, listen to me. Listen very carefully. That's not the devil. Although he's stirring the pot, it's not the devil. Because yes, it is. I go, no, it's not, brother. It's what's still in your heart. You know what? When you pray in the spirit, whatever's still bound in your heart, whatever's bound in your soul will come to the surface. Brother, if you're willing to keep praying this out, and as things come up, repent of them, confess them, cut them off, declare the victory over them. God's actually bringing them up to heal you. Please, brother, trust me. So he kept pressing through, and God set him free. Hallelujah. Because we don't know how to pray, the Bible says. But the Spirit makes intercession for us in our infirmities. Hallelujah. See, there's some issues in my life. I can confess them. I can bind them. I can loosen them. I can pour oil down my throat. I can anoint my head. I can not going to go anywhere. But unless the Holy Spirit gets involved, and he can uproot that. And I'm telling you now, there's times where I don't know how to pray, how I ought to, but the Spirit prays and makes intercession for me. What a wonderful thing that the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and me. And now he knows the dark secrets of my heart. And he, can I say it this way? If your whole life was put out on a platter, for the world to see, what would you do? I'll be running for my life. <laughs> but you know what? Guess who knows everything about you is the Holy Ghost. And he will walk with you through hell and back where other people won't. The Holy Spirit will never leave you nor forsake you, but people will. And I'm telling you now, no man on this earth can change you quicker than the Holy Ghost can change you. But as I submit to him and I yield to him and allow him to work through me, praise be to Jesus, he'll uproot that thing and give us a revelation because he does, it's a, it's a twofold, the double-edged sword. He'll cut away the root, but he'll place in the word of God in there, revelation knowledge. I can't emphasize this more than enough that as I give myself over to the Holy Ghost, the teacher, the great Holy Spirit, that he'll guide us into all truth. And not only will he, he erects a fortified, he erects this uh, edification system in on the inside of us. The minute you hear false doctrine, your spirit will be protected. Why? The Holy Ghost will bring it up to you. The minute that you, you're seeing or doing something that is going to defile your spirit or your soul, the Holy Spirit will bring it up to you. I can testify to so many miracles in the Holy Spirit. I've been praying in the Spirit one day, and the Lord showed me a vision of someone. So I started praying for him. Or, you know, your kids, your family, I can pray for my son. He's going for a job interview, or he's going to have a meeting. I can pray, Lord, that you're giving favor, that we bind the devil, that your will will be done. I can pray like that. But I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. My kid could be out one night, and I don't know what the enemy's trying to do. And God, as you get close to the Holy Spirit, he can wake you up. He can give you a, a, a check in your spirit, and he can just, you know what, I don't know what's going on. I feel I don't feel right. Let's start praying in the spirit. There's been times where I've been interceding for a brother. I took a brother to a meeting, and he got saved. 
And I think I've shared this. And that night I went to sleep. And during the night, and I sleep like a rock, hey, like, I'll be talking to you in one minute, and I'll put my hand on the pillow, I'm gone. Well, this night, I got woken up, and I could see, literally, like, my head, his face is like that in front of me. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, I don't know what to do. So what do I do? I pray in the spirit. As I'm praying, my flesh wants to go back to sleep, but my spirit was awake. So I opened my mouth, I started praying. I kept praying to myself until the feeling left me, I basically closed my eyes. I went back to sleep. I got up next morning. I said, Lord, what was that? So I rang the guy. And there was nothing wrong with the guy. He didn't, he didn't say anything anyway. So I thought, oh, maybe I got it wrong. A week later, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me he went missing. He just got saved. I thought, here we go. He used to work for me. Took him a month to come to Bible studies. And I believe the Holy Spirit showed me that that night, when he gave his life to the Lord, he went home. God woke me up to intercede for him because the devil came to steal what was already sown in his heart. So I got up and I made intercession for him as the Spirit wills. So the Holy Ghost came upon me, I prayed. He came about three or four weeks later, joined our ministry and stayed there for two years. Could have been life or death. I don't know what the story was. I don't know how I should pray, but the Spirit prayed on my behalf and made me intercede for him. I can tell you story after story after story like this. But what I can encourage you is turn yourself over to the Holy Spirit. He is the lover of your soul. At the same time, he might reveal something, he's pouring in the love of Jesus. You know, I said this, Jude, you, beloved, Build up your, your holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping in the love of God. If you want to grow in the things of God, let me tell you, you can have all the theology you want. You can quote all the scriptures you want. You can, you can, you can serve God with all your heart. But if you don't understand revelation knowledge, if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to be your teacher, you're like a clanging symbol. If you want to grow in the ministry, you want to grow in your calling, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all that. And it could start with 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. Before you know it, there was a time in my life where I'll be walking around the house praying in tongues and I didn't even know I was praying. I didn't even know I was praying. Why? Because I got so accustomed. I enjoyed it so much. And there's times where I felt ugly. All I did was get tired. All I thought was, man, my mind's... But you know what? I understand enough to know that I'm praying by faith. If, I'm, if I know the Holy Spirit's doing something in my life, why wouldn't I do it? Praise be to Jesus. You know, Paul says this, I pray in tongues more than you all. Then Paul says, because we get a couple of things mixed up, guys, about praying and interpretation. What's going to do with public ministry or uh, church meeting or what's going to do with private. I'm talking about your private worship. I'm talking about your private time with the Lord. Can I encourage you guys, listen to me, listen very carefully. The only one that's going to strengthen your inner man is the Holy Spirit. And he'll guide you into all truth. The revelation you can get, the power you can walk in, in his intimacy. See, the Holy Spirit hasn't come to be your Lord. This is very important, guys. 
Holy Spirit hasn't come to be your Lord. He's come to bring the Lordship of Jesus to you. He's the one that guides you to Jesus. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Trinity, the third person of the Godhead. But his job is to form Christ in you, to, to reveal Christ in you, to bring you to his Lordship. That's why the Holy Spirit will teach us how to preach. We call it the anointing. But let me tell you, when the Holy Ghost wants something preached, he lets us know. If he teaches how to worship, you think you know how to worship? Wait till the Holy Spirit shows you how to worship. He brings you into the presence of God. You want how to serve. The Holy Ghost will teach you how to serve. The Holy Spirit is the one that he goes was to edify the church, to build up the church, to anoint the church. You know, it's amazing when the disciples said, well, we're going to do this. It seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. They didn't do anything without the Holy Spirit. Paul, I'm going to Asia to preach. And the Holy Spirit forbid him to preach. So he didn't go to Asia anymore. See, God won't always tell you why he does things. But you have to be obedient enough to do what he says. Can I encourage you, beloved, that Jesus loves you so much. He hasn't left us as an orphan. I can go all day about the Holy Ghost. I really can. And uh, the law of the spirit of life. See, when I pray in the natural, it's good. They can be wrong. But when I attach my emotions to my prayer, I'm actually praying in the law of sin and death. But when I pray in the spirit, I'm praying in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Think about that for a second. My prayer life has to be thanksgiving. I have to do that in my own language. I give thanks in all things. I rejoice. I pray without ceasing. See, the Bible doesn't give you the option. Prayer isn't just three prayers. Prayer isn't confession of faith. Prayer isn't uh, declaring the word. Prayer is communion with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you could just get that little bit, prayer is the communion with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who wants it? Who doesn't want that? When I pray, I pray without ceasing because it's not like I'm saying the yeah, Our Father all day, 24 hours, seven days a week. Or I'm asking for God in prayer, 24 hours, seven. No, no, no. Praying without ceasing is communion with God 24-7. I'll pray in my understanding and I'll pray in the Spirit. What a beautiful thing. I guarantee you, I'm going to challenge everyone on this Zoom meeting and online. If you give time to the Holy Ghost, just praying in the Spirit, I guarantee you, your natural prayer life will change. I guarantee if you spend time in the Holy Spirit, the revelation and knowledge you're going to get will change. I guarantee you, if you pray in tongues often enough, your power walk will change. So when I enter into the spirit realm, I come into a new dimension. I start walking in the things of the spirit. So your human spirit, can I say it this way, has been ignited like a candle. Now, it's seated in heavenly places now. Yeah? Are we in agreement? The Bible says I'm seated in heavenly places. But my spirit, my human spirit doesn't know everything. It's got the capacity to receive from God the Father through the heavens, what I can receive in my spirit could take me six months to preach. 
in the natural. There's some things I get revelation, I can't even explain it. I have to sit down and meditate, break it down. So in the spirit, I can get the download of heaven, the rhema word. It's in the spirit. If I have the capacity to receive from God the Father like that, what is the gateway? Praying in tongues. I'm not saying you can't get revelation from God if you don't pray in tongues. I'm not here to argue that point. I'm here to tell you, pray in tongues. We're, we're, a, we're a, a believer that believe in praying in the Spirit. Share something with you. I was driving one day praying in the Spirit. The Lord led me to ring someone. I was in the Spirit. The Lord led me to ring someone. At that point in time, the Lord told me to ring him. I rang him. When I said the Lord told me, I, had, I felt uh, a check in my spirit. Just on that, just quickly before I forget, I want to share something with you. A lot of people ask me, how did you hear the Holy Spirit? Was it an audible voice? Did you hear the Holy Spirit? Where did you hear him? In your heart, in your heart, in your stomach, in your mind? Can I say it this way? I want to challenge you. If, as you start praying in the Spirit, don't try and get a revelation. Don't try and work out everything you're trying to say. Don't try. Just pray. And I'll guarantee you, you'll start sensing a flow through your body, through your spirit man. See, the first way he talks to you is the inner witness. You'll get an inner witness on the inside. You'll get a, inside your spirit. You think, just like everyone here who got saved, what made you all give your life to Jesus? What made you get into the water and get baptized? There was an inner witness, a revelation, yeah? The inner witness says, I'll witness of that. The Bible says your spirit bears witness of the spirit of God. The second way he talks to you is through revelation knowledge. The third way he talks to you by an audible voice. And the fourth way he talks to you about is the channel is through his word. They're not in order, but they're the four main ways he talks to us. Most of us aren't going to get angels falling from the sky. Most of us aren't going to get a booming voice in heaven open up and say, this is my beloved son. It's going to be your inner inner witness. But the question is this. If you don't spend time with the Lord and you don't know his word, how are you going to have a witness of what's right and what's wrong? How are you going to know it's the Lord? In my early days, guys, I'd get a, uh, a feeling, I'd ring, wow, that was wrong. That's okay. I wasn't afraid to make mistakes. I wasn't afraid to, to learn. I very rarely said God told me, or very said I heard from God. I would say, I fell in my heart. When I know it's God, I'll tell you it's God. You know, I can't share this online, and I'll share it another day, but I've been in shopping centers where God's come upon me and shared something with me with someone walking past, and I don't know why God shared that with me. And then two weeks later, someone related to that person walking past walked into our Bible study. And it was brought healing to that person. These are the sort of things God wants. Because the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God is to edify one another, the church. He talks to us in our inner witness. The second way he speaks to us, I'm just, I wrote it down here, uh, is through revelation. The third way he talks to us is through uh, autumn. And the fourth way, what I say? Through the word. He illuminates the word. There's two things, and I'll close on this. 
You've got a laptop. I've got a HP. You've got a Mac. And in these two laptops, they both can do the same thing. They both can download information. They can email. They can play music. You can go onto the internet. They do all these things. But I come onto my HP and I start trying to uh, use some apps and use some things, but I can't. And I go, what's going on with this thing? It's no good. I'm about to throw it out. He goes, no, no, you haven't downloaded any information. The Mac's got all the – they've both got the same capacity, but let's say the Mac's got all the downloaded, all the apps, all the, uh, you know, subscriptions, and mine doesn't have them. Yet both computers can do the same thing. But unless I download the information, the laptop is useless. Your spirit is like a computer. Your spirit, man – and God wants to download. But we feed our spirit with the word of God. Worship. And when we pray in the spirit, what are we doing? We're igniting our spirit man and he's illuminating us. And then by faith, he becomes our teacher. By faith, he prays for us. and gives us intercedes for our weakness. I can't encourage you more in this area. Rivers of living water will flow from your belly. Let's not just get filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit becomes our rosary beads. We've got rosary beads, but no one, you know, they're like the Pentecostal rosary beads. No, no, no. Let's activate the, the gifts of the Spirit. The early church walked in this power. Any man has done anything, or woman has done anything for God, there's one thing that happened. I've studied revivals throughout history. The Walsh Revival, Azusa Street. I can go through all these big revolvers where God's touched the city and transformed the city. And the men and women involved, they, they had a lot of things in common. God called them. That was one. They loved Jesus. They gave their life. But the, one of the things they all had in common, and they were from different denominations, different backgrounds, different time frames, different eras. Guess what they all had in common? Prayer and fasting, praying in the Spirit. Every one of them had the same. Anyone that's done anything for God in the supernatural all prayed in tongues for long periods of time. History wants to deny that, but God will never deny it. So I want to encourage you today. I've harped on it a little bit tonight, but I want to encourage you as a, as a, as a, as a brother in the Lord and as an elder in the Lord and as just, just a, a guy that's still searching out his own, working out his own salvation. But I can encourage you one thing. Let me tell you something. As I open my mouth, what am I doing? I'm releasing the power of God. Not that my words mean anything. Don't worry about the linguistic or the verbs or the syllables. They mean nothing. Get that. Try and get that out of your head. Am I speaking a, a foreign language in some? Am I speaking Greek? No, I'm not speaking Greek. Am I speaking Italian? No, I'm not speaking Italian. I'm definitely not speaking Assyrian. But now I'm joking. But you know, I, used to, I got this joke that. When I was young, I had a body like a Greek god. Now I just look like a Greek. But anyway, uh, joking. But it's not the language that I'm speaking. It's not the, 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 the syllables or the words. It's the power of God through me. I'm speaking in hallelujah. Thank you. What am I doing? I'm turning myself over to the Holy Ghost. And he's your greatest teacher. And he's the one that brings things up. He also cuts things off. And he's the one. And he forms Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise be to Jesus. What time is it?
Wow. So, love you guys. And I just want to, I don't know who's on here. I don't know who's, uh, uh, I think most people I know who's on here, but I want to pray. I want to pray that, uh, I want to pray in the spirit for a couple of minutes. I know all the uh, religious people say, oh, you shouldn't pray unless someone's got an interpretation. I'll find out people interpreting when I say English, let alone tongues. So I want to pray. I want whoever is uh, not filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't need me. Don't it? Okay. okay. Not, you don't need me to lay hands on you. You were right there. One of my best mates who uh, I used to share the gospel with uh, from our old faith, and he heard everything I said for 10 years. And I prayed with him one day. But about maybe a month later, in his bedroom by himself, got filled with the Holy Ghost. Started speaking in tongues. And I think the last move of God on this earth will be random baptisms of the Holy Ghost. Church is getting filled with the Holy Spirit, singing in the Spirit. Why? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit starts the manifestation of his power. We all want the power, but are we willing to get him to search our hearts? As I turn myself over to him and I just close my eyes, I trust him. See, it's a trust issue. If you want to be a control freak, don't pray. But if you love him, trust him. Turn yourself over to him. It's not a works thing. People tell me, oh, that's works. I go, Habiba, if it was works, works means I've got something to do with it, but I don't. I just have to co-labor with you. Please don't make it a works thing. I'd rather you just open, close your eyes and pray for five minutes a day. But open your eyes. Let me tell you, I can tell you, I'm, hallelujah, I can, I can, I can talk to you all night about some of the things the Lord has shown me in, in when I'm praying in the Spirit. And sometimes it happens after I've had long periods of prayer and I've felt nothing, then bang, I'm walking down the street, I'm painting a ceiling and the Lord speaks to me. I'm like, wow. Scriptures that have haunted me or people or I've stayed away from has revealed Christ in me, the hope of glory. There's times where I'll be so excited about what the Lord's been doing, and then the Holy Spirit will drop something and says, "Yeah, but you know, I'm not, but I'm not happy about what you're doing here." Yes, Lord. We're we're all a work in progress, guys. I ever feel condemned because Romans eight says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We must walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. So. Father, I thank you tonight. I rejoice in the knowledge that you loved us. I rejoice in the fact, Father, that out of your belly was flowing water and blood on that cross. But, Lord, you promised us that rivers of living water will flow from our belly. And, Lord, we don't just want the anointing. We want the God of the anointing. We don't want just the blessings. We want God who blesses. We don't want the flow of the Spirit from the throne. We want the one who sits on the throne. And we humbly set before you, Father. Show us, give us the strength to open our, up our mouths and speak in the Spirit. Lord, that we would pray the mysteries of God that are hidden in Christ before the foundation of the world. 
that you would give us revelation knowledge, that we would pray out the mind of Christ so we can absorb the mind of Christ. I thank you, Father, right now in this time, you would strengthen us with your wonderful grace and mercy. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the teacher. Lord, you empowered the people of the early church, Lord. And as they submitted to you and yielded to your spirit, we would do the same, Father. I thank you, Lord. We honor who has gone before us, but Lord, you're doing a new thing. And Lord, we want to be part of the new thing. Lord, we worship you. We give up, we lift up holy hands, Father. We thank you for the wonderful grace and mercy we have on our life. But Lord, you search the deep things of our hearts. Lord, that you create a new heart, a heart made of flesh, not of stone. Your laws are written on our hearts. So Lord, as we pray in the spirit, Lord, Lord, I pray right now that ever anyone, the sound of my voice, watching online, watching on YouTube, Lord, that they haven't been touched, who have been robbed by the power of the Holy Spirit from false teaching or misunderstanding or not just knowing at all. Lord, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you fill them from the core of their belly, that rivers of living water will flow from the belly. Lord, that you would touch them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Lord, that your love of the rushing wind of the Holy Ghost would touch them, Father. That you'd fill them to overflow. When the Holy Ghost comes in, demons have to flee in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you, Father, that in the Spirit of Christ, we will grow in magnitude. And Lord, we thank you, Father, that we can understand your word till its fullness, Lord. And Lord, I pray right now, Father, for everyone listening to my voice, that the spirit of fear has been lifted off them. Lord, that spirit of the wall that tries to attach to them, Lord. Lord, that we ask you to ignite their spirit and let the Holy Ghost come upon them. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, right now, that as we submit our tongue to you, we will yield our spirit to you. And we bring out those words, we understand, Father, that you are praying through us. You are the Holy Spirit that was there from creation. You understand the blueprint for our life. How much more that you would pray through us and answer the prayer. So we thank you, Father. The victory is ours in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We stand at the top of the mountains and we yell out grace. We thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you, Jesus, that you first loved us. We thank you, Father, we were in your mind before creation. Thank you, Father, that you never leave us nor forsake us. And Lord, as you touch someone, Lord, touch them right now. Father, touch them from the top of the head. Let them speak in tongues of angels, Lord. Let them speak tongues of angels right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for a great report, Lord. I thank you for testimonies, Father. I thank you, Father, right now. I thank you, Lord, that you would give them an inner witness. They understand what the Spirit of grace has to say. And I lift up my hands to you, Lord. Humbly before you, Father. We can do nothing without you, Jesus. And we give you praise. 
I thank you, Lord, that you would open up channels that are being blocked in people, people that have been serving you for a long time, but seem to be there is a blockage, Lord, that they would surrender their minds and hearts to you as you pray through there. That we be yielded to the spirit of grace. I thank you, Father, for a fresh touch, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We give you all the praise, Lord, and we thank you right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your wonderful grace. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name. Glory be to your name. Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let your mercy fall upon everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Thank you, Father. Worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. He's doing a new thing, guys. The Lord wants to do a new thing. And as we yield to him, the Lord said that he will ignite a new spirit on the inside of us, that we can be continually filled by him as we yield to him. And, Lord, I can see a God doing a manifestation, not just in our lives but the people around us as we yield to him, as we surrender to him, as we lay it all down for him, and he will guide us. He was, he was going to magnify us in his mighty presence. There's some people here that there's some breakthroughs coming. I see blockages coming. Blockages being burst open in the name of Jesus as you trust him. See, praying in the spirit is a trust him. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but there's a presence of God in here. Bless you guys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 